Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Picks podcast, where once again, well, we've been trying to win some money on the NFL, and we've come up with a bit of a problem this week, because it's difficult to try and win money on a virtual Pro Bowl. So we don't have any bets this week, but myself, Ollie Wilson, Dave Bluck, and Jazz Gillum have at least some bets to look back on from the AFC and NFC Championship games. We've got a great podcast coming up because Whitney Holtzman, who, when you're feeling the January blues, Jazz, Whitney Holtzman is the best person to have coming on your podcast. That positivity was uh, infectious. Oh, yeah, it really sounds it. (laughs) Yeah, it did, didn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I can't wait. No COVID in this household, I'm happy to report. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, Whitney came on. She gave us some insight into uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because she is, of course, so well linked with the franchise uh, as she helps to uh, run the media side of one of their players, Steve McClendon, but she's also a Tampa Bay girl. She is pretty much the queen of Tampa Bay sports. She throws herself into all of the teams down in Tampa. They've got the Raptors down there as well, which we didn't talk about uh, with Whit. If they win the NBA down in Tampa, I mean, three of the four major trophies and a World Series appearance for their baseball team would be pretty easy. And they've also got the Tampa Bay Rowdies, so they might win the main minor league soccer as well. Oh, That's not all that happens. Are they in the USF? Uh, it's not the MLS. They've won below the MLS. Yeah, yeah, the... Um, NASL, that's the one, if, there that's, you go. if that's still going. Anyway, but this was talking all things American football this week with Wit. Um, and more updates on her stalking Tom Brady as well, which was uh, very useful to hear. Fascinating. I thoroughly enjoyed Wit being on, always do. Um, I'm just gutted uh, that we won't get to meet up again in Tampa this year because both her and I have spoken a lot during the year of like, yeah, we'll be able to like meet up and you can show me the city and blah, blah. And yeah, well, no international media are going. Hardly That's anybody's going to the happen, Super Bowl. Yeah. Of course, it's a public service announcement. If anyone wishes to fund Whitney's tickets to the Super Bowl, she is very much open to offers of any generous uh, generosity of any kind. So if you if you hear this, please donate. Yeah, if you have a spare ticket or you know of a way to get a ticket, at W Holtzman on Twitter. That's at W Holtzman on Twitter. Uh, she is the CEO of Social Victories. Uh, she's the CMO for the NFL, MLB, and NHL players. And uh, she is also a co-host of the Energy Captains podcast as well. So Wit is definitely somebody worth following, checking out, and giving a Super Bowl ticket to. Because if anybody deserves it, it's Whitney Holtzman. And she braved surgery to talk to us. Or like post-surgery and the, and the covid vaccine the second covid vaccine so she was not feeling great apparently but she's such a trooper there she was came back around and she sounded Brilliant. happier than all of us put together which is yep but then being in florida and being able to do stuff that makes a big difference it's a big difference big difference also she didn't lose any bets last week so that's yeah i think that, that really ruined my week if i'm honest i staying up to watch that bills game and thinking oh, there's a chance here there's a chance and then it just didn't happen i've like, got to say any, week. anybody or everybody should be friends with Jazz just purely for when he's put a bet on and the blind optimism he has about every single aspect of an NFL game of no because they can still come back if this like the the Bills go nine nothing up and you're like well if they get another touchdown and a two point conversion then I'm good like Bills have technically got the 17 points so I've technically won on bet 365 so no I, I had to add the spread so I, that oh you had the spread oh that was it but yeah. yeah you were just kind of creating scenarios on WhatsApp of how the Bills can they still need, get back At one point, it. they needed three touchdowns. The Chiefs had to score two more. I got the over, and then it's fine. They would have been with. They still would have lost the game, but by two, and the happy days. But no, they couldn't even do that for me, could they? Unhappy days for Jazz. Sickening. Burned at the last game of the weekend. Uh, I was burnt at the Tampa Bay game because I went with the under, like a buffoon. Um, so I said yeah. Tampa Bay to go through, but yeah. And Dave was also burnt in that game because he chose the Packers minus three, so... 
another week where Jazz was the only one going into the last week, last week, last game, having anything to play for. This week just came up short. Well, we'll see what happens with the Super Bowl bets. I will tell you, I've already put my Super Bowl bet on. Oh, well, I thought that we were going to talk about prop bets. Well, we've done. We've got. I prop assumed bets, we're obviously. going to talk about them this week, but we haven't done. So. No, no, we'll talk about prop bets next week. Um, it might be fun to get Shane Vereen talking about that as well. But I've already put my kind of my game day bet on as well. So. Um, and that's spoiler alert. Next week we'll have Shane Vereen on. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> stick around for <laughs> Shane Vereen next week. But enjoy the podcast this week uh, with Whitney Holzman, uh, Jazz, myself, and Dave. Enjoy. Over the middle, picked off! Sees it, fired, intercepted! Blitz coming. Pass is picked off! He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore. Down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. I'm hanging in there. Um, I, I was telling Ollie, I'm, I'm, I'm on injured reserve. I had surgery Monday, and then I got the second COVID shot yesterday, and like got up oh. in the middle of the night, pretty much collapsed, like passed out. So, oh wow, um, it's been a rough week. Yeah. Well, thank you for being here. If that's the case. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Only for you guys. <laughs> only for you guys. If you go quiet for too long, we will worry. So yeah, know, every yeah. so often, we'll just... make a phone call. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you call. I don't know how you call an ambulance in. Uh, England, but over here you just gotta dial nine one one if you don't hear me for a while. Yeah, we'll yeah. hit we'll hit nine one one. Uh, what's it? Do I have to do the plus one as well if I'm doing it? Because it's the US, so I have to hit the area code no. thing too. You gotta ask. You gotta ask your friends about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny for us. We 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 put nine 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 in to get to emergency services, but because of American TV being so widespread, they've also uh-huh. accepted now in this country that if we do type nine one one in the phone it will take us to the emergency services because so many kids have seen TV, not oh. seen 999. <laughs> I love that we've Americanized you. Yep. <laughs> Slowly but surely. It just goes full oh. circle, doesn't it? Yeah. You start yeah. a co- you start a country and then it comes back. And right. <laughs> <laughs> Very Hamilton-esque. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Ollie, I have to ask you, I mean, between the jersey, the hat, like nothing is on brand today. Like, did, <laughs> it's like over there. I'm, I'm trying to live in the past because the present is kind of crappy, crappy right now. So I'm reliving the Nick Foles era. I'm reliving the Super Bowls that I've been to. And I'm reliving obviously 12 months ago in Miami. Um, and then yeah. this is just Italian football clinging on to hope that my Italian soccer team is still any good, even though they lost this week. So. Well, I'm glad during these times you found your happy place, but you know, I mean, podcasting, it's all about history and years ago. I mean, like what, <laughs> what kind of marketing and media? <laughs> don't tell me this because you know about this stuff and I don't. So I really feel like you're actually dropping pearls of wisdom rather than raining on my parade. So I'll take it as advice. Yeah, taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there is supposed to be a timeliness to any sort of media. You know, it's like, what makes it relevant is that it's in the here and now, except for you, which is last year and years ago <laughs> over there. Well, I mean, Dave's wearing an old Falcons jersey, so I mean, I was going to say it doesn't feel very current supporting the Atlanta Falcons right now. So, especially right. especially when you're talking to a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, it seems yeah. like a, a weird flex for me to wear this, but I I do wear it nearly every week, so it's not just uh, for your benefit it's just yeah, traditional do you think you're gonna be asked to sub in is that why you wear the actual 
Yeah, there's the the NFL is always looking for a, a number of uh, scrawny what five six one scrawny white guys to play wide receiver yeah, right really, there. Really, really slow <laughs> cornerbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and I hear they're like you know the scouts are all looking through old podcasts to try and figure out who exactly. To <laughs> so well, I would I would keep it up. Your chances are very promising. Nice. <laughs> um. Dude, firstly, congrats to Brandon getting on Rachel Ray. I don't know much about Rachel Ray, but I know she's like a big deal in the US. I was just watching a part of his interview earlier today and like it looked like it went swimmingly. So that's fantastic for you guys as well. Yeah, thank you so much. I mean, look, when I met Brandon, he said to me, you know, I'm a nobody. Are you sure you want to take me on? And I just knew what a special guy he was. And we built the whole financial literacy platform together. And so now he gets plenty of interviews on his own. But uh, someone at the Rachel Ray show actually reached out to the NFL and someone I don't even know there and had never heard of gave them my name. And so I coordinated the interview. And so I actually was a big part of this one. So it was extra special to be able to watch it. And it was probably one of his longest interviews he's ever done. It was uh, around 16 minutes of airtime and he got to answer very specific questions, kind of show his prowess in the financial literacy space. And at the end, Rachel was like, feel free to come over anytime for dinner. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) That's awesome. I mean, we had him for like 30 minutes and before Rachel Ray. So I kind of feel that we were ahead of the curve with Brandon. We discovered him really. Yeah. 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 And I probably, that's how Rachel found out about him. Like she was listening to your podcast and she heard what a great conversation it was. And she was like, all right, now I got to get this guy. Exactly. Exactly how it goes. We're just boosting the profile of these big name NFL players into, uh, into elite stratosphere status. But you've got a knack of exactly a knack of dragging people away from the New York Jets and turning them into potential superstars with Steve McLendon this year as well. And suddenly you've got a guy who's getting ready to lace up for your hometown team in the Super Bowl. I mean, this is a good 12 months for you, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I mean, minus the pandemic, I would. Eliminate yeah, OK. Those yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, besides that, I mean, someone Cameron Lynch, who, you know, uh, you broadcast the Super Bowl with. Um, his girlfriend said to me the other day, she's like, what is it? Like, you just say Tampa and all these people come running. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, I, I said, you know, when I went to the University of Florida with the Gators, between the time I was accepted and when I graduated, they won uh, two football titles and two basketball titles. So I was like, look, I got there and they got good. And then I graduated and things went <laughs> downhill. So like, I'm not saying I had anything to do with it, but if you look at the evidence, it cannot be ignored. <laughs> so now, exactly. So now I live in Tampa and look, look what's happening. So I just think there's like, you know, every once in a while, there's just some magic and it's amazing how life works out because Steve had been with the Steelers and he's, he was with the Jets a long time. I mean, many, many years. And he was the captain of the team. And frankly, the only good thing going for the team this past year so never in a million years did i think that they would trade him anywhere nevertheless to my hometown team so he was at the game in miami found out got in a car drove to tampa and that next week i helped him find a place to live here um so you know and and helped him get settled helped him sign all the paperwork and so it was a whirlwind and i just kept saying like how did all of these pieces fall into place to make this moment possible? And then the poor guy, you know, he's been, been on the Jets for so long. I mean, I don't even, forget a Super Bowl. I don't even know if, the, you know, he's used to winning a game. Winning games, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to, to then come here in the season when they make the Super Bowl in their hometown, I don't know. It's like a fairy tale. All I kept saying to him is like, 
you've always done the right thing, no matter what circumstances uh, were present and, and, you know, what was sent your way. I mean, there was so much negativity around him and he remained positive. And I feel like, like the good guy won and, you know, that ended up paying off and him being such a positive light and such a good guy um, kind of emerged from the darkness. And, and this is what he deserves. It's, uh, it's such a cool story, but it must make life easy for the player when kind of the person who is really close to him and kind of helping uh, run a lot of his, not necessarily his life, but obviously like the business side of things for him away from the field is also based in his brand new home or home away from home, if you will, in Tampa. You can just show him exactly where to go, exactly where the right places are to be, where to go and find an apartment in the nice area of town. I mean, this isn't like normal for NFL players when they trade teams and they go somewhere where they don't know at all. And maybe they're in the middle of like, you know, I don't know, some awful city like Pittsburgh, maybe, Jazz. And uh, <laughs> and and they have to kind of, you know, completely regroup their lives. You're there firsthand to make life so much easier for him to settle in and get integrated with the city and therefore he can focus on the football. Yeah, I mean, I would like to think I come in handy. Um, <laughs> I would say that, you know, that kind of stuff I don't get paid for. Like, I'm out here doing their marketing and endorsement deals and helping them build their brand. So, like, when they need a place to live, that's just me caring about them as a human being. And, you know, he got here and he was like, okay, I need a place to live. I'm like, all right, I'll just quickly become a realtor and work on that. And then he needed paperwork signed for he didn't have a printer so I had to print out all the stuff for him to sign his his new lease and I showed up at he, he was like meet me where I'm getting a haircut so I showed up and like the whole Bucks team was there and me um getting a haircut and then he was like I need a uh you know massage therapist and acupuncturist so like I'm googling I'm asking people it's like you know you never know what's going to come up and you just do what you can to help them but I'm confused, like, if there's not a me, like, who's doing these things? Yeah. yeah. What was it like being that close to the whole team? Uh, they are so large. I'm I mean, sure. that's <laughs> They are, and yeah, it was, um, you know, they were, they were all in their chairs. It was, you know, it was kind of an intimidating environment because you walked in, half the team was sitting on the, you know, bench waiting, the other half was getting their hair done, and I was like, all right, I have this paperwork here for you to sign, you know, just trying to do my thing. I mean, I always try and stay in my own lane, and you know, people are people, but Vita Vea was there. And I mean, I was like, he's just so huge. <laughs> yeah. He always looks huge when he's playing as well. Yeah. No, he's absolutely enormous. So, um, yeah, anyway, it was, it was a whirlwind, but it was not anything that I, either of us could have ever anticipated. And I met him through Brandon Copeland when they were on the Jets together. So what are the chances that introduction would happen? And then Steve would be the one that ended up down here. And actually... I think he's really happy because not only are they winning, but when you're in New York, I mean, the taxes are crazy. I think when yeah. you're on the Jets, you have to play, you have to pay for New York and New Jersey income tax. And I think it's like around wow. 56%. We have no income tax in Florida. So every game he plays, he get, gets to keep that much more of his paycheck. Fire. That is so good. <laughs> and in Florida, you can kind of live a little as well at the moment. I mean, it is the the last bastion of human society there in Texas at the moment, it feels like, particularly in the in the US, everybody is just going down there for extended three month breaks or for, you know, a quick five day weekend to feel like you're normal again and get down to Florida. It seems like it's the place to be because of the pandemic and everything that's gone on. And now it's the place to be because you've got the Super Bowl coming up. You've got Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. It's a perfect storm for your city. Yeah, so here's the thing I have to clarify, and I've been tweeting about this relentlessly since the Bucks made the playoffs. 
we live in Tampa. Tampa uh, Bay is the body of water. So that's humans apologies. live in Tampa. Sharks and fish live in Tampa Bay. Okay. So I say that because I have so much pride in my area and my city. And when people are like, we're going to play in Tampa Bay, I'm like, that is going to be a very wet football game. It's like, so, that's like calling it London Thames, is it? Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, basically. It's like we're, we're playing in Tampa Bay. Like that is the physical body of water and it's down the street for me. And when you grow up here, like that's it's like if someone said like, you know, they're like you said, they're going to play in the Thames River. You know, it's it's like, well, that seems a little awkward. Like it's it's actually talking about the body of water instead of the city. So I will say we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I, you know, which encompasses the region, but they are they're playing in Tampa. OK, Buccaneers would be on a ship. So they would technically would be on the bay anyway, because they'd be on the water. <laughs> they would be, except that the pirate ship is in the stadium. So yeah, of in course. This case, they've done their sailing and now they've arrived. And actually, there's this like whole goosebumps video when they run out of the tunnel of like a pirate ship coming in, and it's like, okay, now they've like landed. But you know, I have to say, I mean, they went on the road for three playoff games and you know beat opponents to get to this point. I mean, that I don't think anyone saw that coming. No, well, I'm I mean, not sure. It was pretty. I, I, I like the chances. You did. Yeah, I mean, I was I root for them every week, and I was convinced they were going to beat the Saints and re- really? avenge the two regular season losses. And I was also convinced that, having seen the regular season game against the Packers, that they just do the same thing again. And within uh, reason, that's basically what happened. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously, you should be picking our lottery numbers then at this point. Um, uh, Jazz is one of you- one of eighteen in our weekly bets, by the way. So we shouldn't be letting him pick any lottery numbers. <laughs> oh, but, oh, 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 how much have you guys won? Yeah, I know we don't win either. Oh no, no okay, that's fine. You won none. That's fine. Just just get that one out there. Yeah, Good. well, you know, it was it was interesting because I was at one of the Saints games this season, and it was the most dismal performance I've ever seen. Like the, it was it was the equivalent of them not even showing up. Like. I think we had three points at the end, but like Tom Brady could not get a yard. Like it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. It was like, do we have anything on our team? I mean, everyone looked around was like, well, Super Bowl isn't happening this year. So, and then, you know, they beat us twice and it was Drew Brees and he was going to retire. So there was a lot where you, you know, in, in terms of the storyline where you're like, I don't know how good our chances are. And then my blood boiled, of course, when Jameis threw the touchdown, you just wanted yeah. to jump on the TV and punch him in the face. Yeah. I mean, I mean everyone would felt the same way. Oh, you're like, I, I was like stomping around, like it cannot end this way. He cannot like come out victorious against his former team. Like it's the good guys that have to win. Like I couldn't let the game end and our season end on that note. So I'm glad we overcame that. Absolutely. Uh, that touchdown. So I've seen on Twitter you're trying desperately to try and find tickets. I'm assuming having uh-huh. Steve isn't in might help you, but have you managed to locate any yet? No. Can we start a GoFundMe on here? Like, are there any, <laughs> any donors that might want to help? So he, normally, if you're in the game, you get two free tickets, and then you can buy up to 13 tickets. And then if you're not in the Super Bowl, but you're in the league, you can buy two tickets. Um, if you're another player. So from what I understand, for the most part, other players didn't get the chance to even buy them this year. I think the 13 number is way cut down. And if they're getting two free tickets, like they're going to immediate family. Steve has four kids. Those aren't coming to me. And we're, so normally the stadium seats 65,000 people Uh, for the Super Bowl, they're going to have about 22,000 and 7,500 rightfully so of the tickets are are free tickets going to healthcare workers yeah I heard so that, that leaves, yeah I heard too. yeah that leaves like fourteen thousand tickets instead of sixty five i'm like 
I feel like I'm in the Alanis Morissette song ironic because <laughs> it's like my team makes the Super Bowl to start out with for the first time in history. It's in my backyard. It's at our home stadium. And it's the one year there's a global pandemic. This pesky pandemic. Yeah. I mean, I'd still rather have it, but I'm like, I'm not the type to give up. So, you know, there's still some time, but from what everyone has told me, tickets, um, you know, are the lowest today and tomorrow. So through Friday, and then they start to go up the week of the game and never go back down. So I'm praying there's a way, but I mean, I talked to the brother of one of the players last night and he's like, you know, we have friends and family who have booked flights, booked hotels, and they can't even get tickets. So it's just the hardest year and so unprecedented. And the thing is for me, I, I grew up going to Bucks games with my dad. Like that is why I fell in love with sports. That's why I work in the industry. That was our tradition. And I realized like this could be one of the last opportunities to, to do that with him. So I really don't want to miss out, but I mean, yeah. tickets are like 10 grand a piece. Yeah. Are they, are they Whitney? Are they going to hold any kind of fan zone kind of events that if you can't go to the game, you can at least be around a lot of other fans? So it's interesting. I mean, normally the NFL has about 800 player appearances that are paid where the players show up at NFL experience and do media opportunities. All of that is canceled mm -hmm. this year. There's a couple Hall of Fame appearances virtually, but that's like small potatoes compared to what normally happens. Mm -hmm. They are having an NFL experience, which they built out on our river walk and mm -hmm. it looks really cool and tickets to get in are free, um, but they've already sold out, but I've done that. It's like football drills and seeing the trophy. And yeah. like, for me, like it doesn't make up for being at the game. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to find a way. And we can take suggestions if you think I could like parachute in or. Uh, <laughs> How about renting a helicopter? Try and rent a helicopter and just go over the stadium and hover somewhere so you can get some binoculars and watch it that way. Yeah, I'm trying to think like maybe like a roller coaster at the, uh, you know, near yep. my theme park this garden to just wait at the top and get yep. off. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, maybe I, you can sell blood platelets. Like I'm really open to ideas. <laughs> Have you ever... Have you pose as a healthcare worker and just kind of oh, sneak in with that? come on. You can't do that. Steal a healthcare <laughs> worker's seat. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, they're, maybe they're every, not a football fan. Maybe they're just having it because they're like, oh, I've been given this free. I'll just go along. I, I was wasted on them. Get a pirate uniform and then pretend you're part of the you know oh, pirate the ship. mascot yeah yeah and then you can yeah, I'm sure blend right in walking in as a pirate like, <laughs> yeah. will notice that. very <laughs> you'll be fine people you'll be will like, respect it the hype person <laughs> you're probably getting like all the pictures and everything like that that would be hysterical there was one year that i got sold a fake ticket to a super bowl i put this in my book and I went on this whole journey and long story short, I made it in by the second quarter. And that was the year Brady came back against Atlanta. Sorry, Ooh. you know, to bring that up. That's all right. But um, yeah. So anyway, it was 28 to three when I came in and then he had the comeback. So I've, I've had the miracle story happen before. I'm just sort of praying it, it can happen again and, and trying to brainstorm creative ways. I was like, oh, maybe I could like sell a kidney. I have another one. So you, <laughs> you know, only need just, one. You only need one, right? Yeah. I was like, the other one, no one talks about the second. Kidney. How much surgery do you want to have? I mean, half your going? liver, half your liver can go. It's fine. It'll regrow. It's fine. I think it shows you how badly I would like to go to this game. <laughs> yeah. nice. And I mean, yeah. I keep feeling like I'm one step away. Like between us, I was talking to one of the Gronkowski brothers this morning about maybe doing some work for them. And, you know, we, it was like, oh my gosh, if I could just ask him, or you keep hearing of people who, the uh, we have friends who, uh, know the people who own the team 
and they got offered to buy four club seats at face value and they turned them down. I'm like, why didn't you call me? Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I've basically had to fire friends in this whole process. And I'm going (laughs) to. Hey, you're not your friends. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're, I mean, I don't even know. That's not a friend. How much is a club seat at face value with? I think they said it was four thousand dollars, which is better than ten, oh, and it's a club yeah. seat as opposed right. to probably just up in the gods somewhere. Yeah, that's true. Exactly. So, and and by the way, I mean, my clients have been on the Jets. They've been on the previous Bucks teams. Like I, we usually finish last. Like the one year, <laughs> this is my first year ever. A client makes the Super Bowl, and there's a pandemic. Like I, I feel like a, a cartoon with just like a black cloud that follows me. <laughs> No, you can't have everything. You've just been talking about how you know Steve joins Tampa at the perfect time, uh, leaving the Jets. You the the good fortune of meeting Brandon and Brandon then putting you in contact with Steve, and the fact that it's in your hometown, it's your team, and one of your guys is playing on the team, and you walked into the stadium and basically reignited Tom Brady in that Super Bowl from the sounds of it. You walked in at twenty eight three, and then he comes back. I mean, after all the good luck you've had, with this is like a, a blip in the water. You know, it's a small dark cloud over a glorious field of sunshine. Thank you. But like, because of all that leading up to this moment, it can't end this way. Like this story cannot have a sad ending. No, that's true. That is true. That's true. And to be fair, if I'm being genuine about it, before my team made it, I was like, they should just make the whole stadium vaccinated healthcare workers. Because we've all seen what has gone on. And down here in Florida, frankly, everything because of our governor has been completely opened up since May. We have an uh, astronomical number of cases, crazy amounts of deaths. I mean, our poor healthcare workers, what they have been through this year. So I was like, honestly, they deserve to fill the whole stadium. They'll be vaccinated. And then my team made it. And I was like, they should go, but also me. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure a lot of other people feel the same. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is like, you know, there's no hotel, there's no travel, especially in a pandemic. So for some people, that's like, you know, not much money to throw down. But I'm like, oh, should I like go to the Super Bowl or eat food? It's, you know, can't decide. (laughs) Well, Super Bowl lifetime will last forever. Food is for a day. So exactly. It seems like the right choice. You guys have any suggestions, like any creative ideas of what I could do? I mean, I'm I'm taking you know ideas here. Outside I'm trying to of think the of pirates. what they did in Always Sunny, Ollie. Ollie, when they go to, they're trying to go to the uh, they the had Phillies. They had tickets uh, baseball World Series, didn't they? Oh yeah, no, they try and go in through the underground tunnel. Is there an underground yeah. tunnel that you can get into the stadium from? Like uh, yeah. the rumor in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the hotels has an underground tunnel that gets you into the stadium because the fans are so riotous that they can sneak the players out through the underground tunnel out of a hotel then. Is there anything like yeah. that in so, Tampa? That's what you need. Okay, so perfect. But I'm laughing a lot at your question because I saw the <laughs> owner of the Lightning speak not too long ago and he's from Boston and they were like, what was like a really bad day you had in Tampa? And he was like, the day I found out you couldn't dig underground here because we're at sea level. So again, <laughs> oh, you, right. you, okay, you so are going to be with dolphins. The so next thing is like all 70 sitcoms, find a talent show that has $20,000 as the prize and then you're just going to win that. Oh, Probably nice. More of the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, no pressure here. We have, you know, it's January 28th here. So we have some time. The Super Bowl is February 7th. We've got a week. So, you know, that gives us time to come up with ideas and think of things. And actually, Ali, I was laughing because when you were talking about the Rachel Ray show of all the shows to reach out for Brandon, I was like, we were all like, wait, 
are they going to want him to cook? Like, because <laughs> she became a big deal. You know, she became famous on the Food Network and her show is yeah. a cooking show. So of all the things, you know, Good Morning Football or some of these, you know, ESPN, I could understand where like, right, like, did they miss something on his Instagram? Like, did they <laughs> like, because he puts, he does these meals and he cooks and he's like, look at me, like my barbecue skills. And I'm like, Oh no! Is he going to now have to try that on national TV? Like I think they misunderstood. So, Reckon he would have held his own. Um, you know, if you ask him, he would have. <laughs> of course, he would. Yeah. Would have been pretty bad if he ended up poisoning her, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was like, "I'm, I'm ready for Ideal. a cookout." Yeah, he was like getting riled up about. It. I was like, "You know what? Like, you just keep eating your own food, and like, you know, we'll let her do the cooking." Yeah. I was going to say, I've seen you... that Ramsey's kitchen nightmares. Are you not connected enough with the TV networks or anything like that? That you know, there's somebody CBS have got it this year, isn't it? The Super Bowl is um, Nance and Romo. So yeah, is there, is there nobody at CBS that you can maybe then, you know, you work your way up the ladder? You talk to like one person, then you talk to their person, their supervisor, and their supervisor, and then suddenly you're talking to Tony Romo, and you know somebody <laughs> somebody as a sideline reporter is needed as an extra person out there in the field somewhere, and suddenly Whitney Holtzman steps in. Yeah, that seems likely of how things will unfold. <laughs> <laughs> That's the positivity that we want. Is yeah, That's all we're looking for. I don't know why you aren't a coach. I mean, that was what a play you just drew up. And I, I mean, that seems very practical. Proof. Actually, it's funny you mentioned Tony Romo because they were down here doing his, you know, broadcast team was down here doing a game earlier in the season. And my brother's friend was out playing golf in Clearwater and they, I guess they needed a fourth or two more. Anyway, so did Tony and his, whoever he was with. So they became, a, they got paired up as a foursome on the golf course wow. and played, played 18 holes before he broadcast the game. This is so cool. That is, a, I would love to do like a round of golf. I've been trying to pitch this to a number of people when we have the international series games of where the players stay in one of the hotels just outside London. It's a beautiful golf course that they use for, ma use for major tournaments here in the UK. And, um, I've said to loads of people like somebody should do filming like a nine nine holes of golf with a couple of the players as like a relaxed environment where everybody's focusing more on the golf than anything else and you're just chatting and it hasn't been done before yet I'd love to go and golf with a pro athlete or something like that especially Tony Romo we found we need to set it up Ollie. I think we found what we'll do next time Ollie okay all right well we'll do that next time <laughs> if, there's, if there's another international series ever again that's it all right, okay. pitch that straight away. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a fantastic idea. And, you know, players really, I mean, a lot of them end up staying in Florida after they play here just because the weather is so great. And there's so much to do outdoors. I mean, Tom bought a boat. He's, you know, been cruising around. It was actually really funny when COVID hit this summer, he, he and the, all the guys were practicing at my former high school. So that was weird to see. Oh, wow. It's like, you know, all of a sudden on the field, I played sports on there's, you know, Tom and Gronk and, you know, all, all of the guys out there, it was pretty funny to see. You're like, what is what is happening? That's wild. Whitney, is it just me who can imagine Gronk on one of those huge fan boats you guys have got down in Florida in like the Everglades? It just seems to me like a look for him that he would be on one of those. Shirtless. Yeah, I mean, yeah shirtless, of course, yeah. Sure. I think you're giving him um, a lot of credit. Uh, we, outside of my apartment, I live near the water. There's this like tiki hut that you can get on. That's a boat. That's like a, a tiki hut bar that floats. And I feel like that's probably more his vibe. I see. I don't okay. Know I got you. Like exploring nature. <laughs> oh, I was, I was thinking. I was thinking. I was Brady's backyard, by the way. Uh, it's pretty great. We we share a similar backyard. He, you know. I, 
people said, oh, he's still at Derek Jeter's house. Some people said not. I'm not sure what the deal is. All the Every time he posts pictures, he's there. And it's like kind of right behind my apartment where I live. Um, and it's it's not too shabby. And you, you can tell he's genuinely taken with Florida. It was funny when he said that he's not going back up north. I was like, yeah, me either. Like you get to, I was worried about Green Bay because when you get down here, your blood thins and it's really hard to like then go back to cold weather after yeah. that. Yeah. So what do you, what's it been like watching the Bucks and like, how do you guys feel about the game? Like what's the team's reputation, you know, over the pond? I now love Tom Brady. I couldn't <laughs> funny, stand him uh, in New England. And I, it was just the Patriots varnish. Because week one, Jazz and I are sat there watching the Saints against the Bucks, And I instinctively found myself rooting for him. And I remember turning to Jazz and just being like, dude, I think I really like Tom Brady. And actually, it was just the Patriots <laughs> I didn't like. Because Brady, Brady in a Bucks jersey, it looks good. It feels good. It's more offensive. Yeah, it's a fun team to watch. He uh, seems yeah. fun again. And uh, well, he seems fun for the first time, really. Uh, and they're just, they're a, they're a wild team to watch because you don't know what you're going to get with them. But when they can go off, they're, they're fantastic. I mean, they're, Well, since the bye week, they've been excellent. So I think Brady in January and December has just proved that's what he who he is and always will be. Um, it's been wonderful to watch. I didn't yeah. mind Brady at the Patriots. I hated losing to them in the AFC Championship game most years. But it's, um, it's nice to see him go straight to the NFC and win the conference straight away. Really quite yeah, nice. And I, I think, you know, for him, I mean, this was an enormous gamble. That guy had done everything. He was already the, the greatest of all time, the GOAT in New England. And he only kind of, you know, for the most part, had the opportunity to um, lose down here or make things. You, you just never imagined that things would be so, so great here as they were in New England because he had done it all. He had been the best. And we, we weren't even close to that. I mean, before him, we hadn't made the playoffs since 2007. Yeah. So you just thought, wow, he's really risking it all and putting a lot on the line. And, you know, he could, he could really, you know, he's, he could go out on top, but instead he's, he's going to take this gamble. And I thought that was a really amazing example that like you can do something for a lot of, you know, a long time and you can be the best and have a lot of success and then say, you know what, I, I want something different for my own life. I'm missing something personally for my own happiness. Mm -hmm. And I want to go start from scratch and try something somewhere else. And that example, I think is going to live on forever. However, in fairness, he did go to a team with two Pro Bowl wide receivers now a decent running back, brought Gronk with him. He Antonio Brown signed for the team to go with it. Cameron he's got a half decent offensive line. Tristan Wirth has looked like a very good, solid right tackle, and he's got a pretty good defense behind him. So it's not like he went to a team that was terrible. And he and he right. left a but bad I mean, team in New England. Like it's not they only went were to the Jets. Good he went to the Jets and wins. <laughs> right. Fair enough. And I mean, it was it was looking rough early on. I mean, I think, you know, in the beginning, it was like the Patriots were winning and, and he wasn't. And it was like, oh, guess it was Belichick after all. And then mm -hmm. look where we are now. And Cam always says, not it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And I think he got to prove what a winner he was, even though early on it looked like, oh, maybe he made a mistake. I just think it's such a cool story no matter what happens. And, you know, we had a good team last year and had a good team with Jameis, but I think he's made all the difference. Yeah. Well, if you throw 13 interceptions, it's hard to win and make yeah. the playoffs. <laughs> Although I did enjoy I the, think, uh, the meme of, you know, Jameis watching Brady against Green Bay, throwing three touchdowns and three interceptions and being like, see, this is what I do. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the other commentary was when he threw the touchdown in New Orleans. Everyone was like, oh, my gosh, the guy who caught it was on his team. Like, we just weren't used to that. Yeah.
I am. Um... Just to go back to what you're saying, what you're asking is about perception. I think for me, it's just the amount of storylines for Tampa. I've kind of, it's hard for me to kind of get on board that ship, you know, being in the NFC South and having Tom Brady there as well. But it, there's there's a lot of storylines that I do find very enticing. There are Bruce Arians, the chance to get a ring as a head coach. You've got Ndamukong Sue coming back after he he's only played in one other Super Bowl and lost with the Rams. You got Mike Evans, who's never even been to a playoff game, which is crazy. Um, and that's without even mentioning Tom Brady being 43 years old <laughs> and Gronk coming back. It's like there's so many storylines, and I don't see that on the Chiefs' side because we had all those storylines last year. Andy Reid getting his first ring. Like, I don't know. We kind of we've had that. So I think that the weight of fans is going to be very much on Tampa's side. Yeah. Mm. That makes me so happy to hear because obviously I'm biased, but I just feel like, you know, Mahomes is amazing. Andy Reid, you know, he lost his son, but they had their feel-good story right? last year, like scoring exactly. repeat. And for us, like there's so many feel-good storylines that, you know, I'm hopeful that other fans feel that the same way I do. And I kept saying it was, it kind of struck me, but when we won the Super Bowl in 2003, we had never won a playoff game below like a certain temperature, 30 degrees or something. And it was like 19 in Philadelphia for the NFC championship. And Joe Jervicious had this amazing catch and we won and went to the Super Bowl and um, beat the Raiders in San Diego. And for me, the, the parallels were there this season, especially going to the Green Bay game, the whole storyline, can they play in cold weather? Can Tom Brady still play in cold weather? I don't know, it's, you know, Green Bay, they're used to the cold weather. And not only that, but what excelled that season for us was our defense. I mean, if you watch the Super Bowl replay and, you know, a lot of those games, it the other team was starting to, you know, sort of edge us out, but then we would have a turnover, we would have a pick, a, a pick six, whatever it might be. And the whole um, game would start to turn around. And, and frankly, that's kind of what happened, you know, throughout, you know, for us, it was, you know, the amazing defense that stepped up and then we dominated the cold weather game when the deck was stacked against us. And now we're in the Super Bowl. So those teams are very comparable to me. Who's your MVP of the defense for the Bucks this year? Wow. Um, probably Devin White. I, I just completely agree. That, yeah. I thought yeah, maybe I, JPP, but I don't know. It, you know, that's a really good call. I mean, that guy does more with seven fingers than entire teams. Of <laughs> yeah. It's it's really an unbe- like the guy blew off his fingers with the firework yeah. and he's in the Super Bowl. And, you know, what's great about JPP is the whole season, he made key plays that got us to this point. Like when you needed a key player, game was really closer, a nail biter, he would, you know, come and and make something happen and and be the savior so he's been very consistent for us but there's something about Devin White I mean when we didn't have him you could kind of tell that we were missing a spark when he was on the COVID list and when he came back he just brings this fire that he kind of unites the defense and not enough people talk about Levante David as linebacker so underrated so underrated and he's you know quieter guy and and low-key but you know again he had never made the playoffs in nine years and you know, now he's finally playing in a Super Bowl, but he's also a major key. I mean, he's always in there making, you know, sacks, tackles, you name it. You constantly hear his name, but he doesn't get sort of the love he deserves. I mean, it's it's a joke of the entire Super Bowl team. JPP was our only pro bowler. Yeah, but pro bowl voting is just for people who like the fans like big names and right. players get in there that should never be in there based on their previous production. That's the problem with the pro bowl. Yeah, and I think honestly, they're, it's cliche, but they're a cohesive team. I mean, yeah. One piece can't happen without the other. The defense is dominant. Finally, we, you know, and, but their weapons, we have a quarterback who's accurate. Um, frankly, our 
no one talks about the kicker. I think the kicker, look at your Atlanta team, you know, I mean, he was the top scorer in the NFL. Like our kicker, Ryan Suckup is so clutch. Like, you know, when he's in there, he's going to make it. And that won us a lot of games. So, mm-hmm. and I thought actually our special teams played really well. Um, uh, especially I guess against Green Bay, like they were able to run, you know, punts back and, and gain a lot of yardage. So we, you know, had short fieldage and yeah. um, there was just, there, there was, there are a lot of pieces that went well that people don't talk about. And honestly, my favorite is, is watching Giselle's Twitter feed during the game. Oh, really? Uh, what? Oh, really? What did she say? Oh, yeah. So like, I'll have to pull up some of her tweets. Give me a second. But like, she, she'll tweet like, go lovey. Or, you know, she, she sounds like a mom, like cheering on her son. <laughs> and, you know, it's Tom Brady. She, I actually had a chain with my brother and his fiance where I was just sending them all of the texts um, that she was putting up throughout the game because she's just hysterical. Like she just, you know, go lovey. And, um, you know, she sings songs like you'd hear at a wedding, um, but like turns it into football. Like she was like, uh, oh, that's the way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I like it. Like when he scores a touchdown, it's literally like a mom, like watching her 13 year old son. She's that's, hysterical. That's really cheesy. There is, <laughs> there is a, so funny. Oh, go on, what? no, go on, what? I was going to say, you just think of him as this tough guy. He's the goat, like, you know, probably, you know, men look up to him, women too, but you know, he's this manly guy and then you read her tweets and it's just, you know, so hysterical. Like you just, you don't picture someone talking to him that way. There is a a war on social media that we've kind of noticed already of the uh, first ladies of the quarterbacks in the Super Bowl Uh, this year. And we'll touch on this in uh, later on in, in the podcast, but yeah, Mahomes's girlfriend and the stuff that her fiance and the stuff that she puts out is so irritating to so many people. Really? I, I, oh, it's just awful. Like, this is why you can't compare him to anybody else. This is why he's the great, like, real childish brothers in the background. Yeah, yelling at the camera. And then oh, you've got Giselle, oh, oh, who's just horrible. like stoic, graceful, supporting Tom, but in like a kind of a friendly, fun way, rather than being like over the top brash about it. So the hearts and minds right now, I mean, I found this video of Mahomes' fiance earlier this week, and I went from being like on the fence of who I want to like, I'm all in on Tampa now for this Super Bowl, 100%. That's who I want to see winning it. Look, everyone has their reasons and we'll take you however you get to our side. So <laughs> happy to have you. Not going to criticize, but I, I do have to say, I think it's cool that A, Mahomes obviously is such a big deal and he's still with, I think his high school sweetheart. I know they at least yeah. went to college, but I'm pretty sure they went to high school. Like that kind of shows his character. And also that when he got his ring last year, he proposed to her that same day in a suite at the stadium. Like they both got rings. I mean, how do you beat that proposal? I mean, Patrick's still a good guy. Like, obviously, I still love Pat Mahomes. I'm just saying, you know, if we're going hearts and minds of the uh, the fiancés and wives, I'm still leaning into Tampa Bay's corner quite heavily right now. Well, it's funny because people are like, we don't even know who's more famous of the couple, whether it's Tom or Giselle. I mean, my my brother's fiancé is not a big football fan, and she's like, oh, is Giselle's husband playing today? Really? (laughs) Yeah, she's that big. Wow. She's oh, she's a huge deal. I mean, she's like worldwide icon. He's, Tom is merely a, a U.S. figure. Well, I never heard of her before I'd heard Tom Brady. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I guess that is probably a good sign that you're not sitting and looking at models all day. So. <laughs> there you go. See, <laughs> exactly. that's the silver lining. 
Yeah, I think there was like some, I, I can't remember, but I, I think someone said maybe she made more money than he did. Like she's just as big in her world as he is in his. Oh yeah. Yeah, there was um, definitely a point where she was rapidly kind of outdoing him in the financial status of their of their marriage. It was very much in her favor for a large part of it, I think. Yeah, well, it definitely helped him to take pay cuts and, <laughs> yeah, uh, and stay at the Patriots <laughs> when his wife's earning like a hundred million a year or whatever. Yeah, you just found a sugar mama, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Whitney, can I ask you about the championship game? What did you? Yeah. You must have got. I know that you, you guys were up big early on. You must have got nervous when uh, when that comeback was on and they were within five points. How did that? How did you kind of feel about it watching it live? That's so nice that you called it nervous because I had an epic life meltdown. I mean, nervous. <laughs> like I felt like my whole life was on the line. I, I was walking in and out of the room. I was pacing. I was closing my eyes. I was covering my face. And the thing was, I kept watching the first half saying, okay, normally the Bucks start really slow and then they make adjustments at halftime and then they come out and that's when they really dominate. So I'm like, okay, either the second half is going to be a movie after this first half and like we're going to get even better or the roles are going to be reversed please don't let it be the latter and unfortunately it was and so we just started unraveling and I think if you remember the the Green Bay got the ball after the half and then I think they fumbled it so we had possession so I'm like ah like in the bag like people were tweeting done deal that's it you know sealed the deal I'm like "Mm, you never know and then they started to make this epic comeback and I'm like oh, this is what Tom Brady does, except now the other team is doing it. And I just felt like because we had played so well, and I know we're sort of often a team of two halves, I was extremely worried about how it was going to end up because normally when we make the comeback, you know, okay, we're not doing so well at halftime. Then, you know, we start the third quarter and by the end of the game, we found a way in the last three seconds to pull it out. So I thought the reverse was going to happen and was extremely nervous. I I joked that I had um, during the game, I aged enough to be eligible for the vaccine. (laughs) The thing is though, if if the Packers had scored rather than kicking the field goal and got to, and they got a two point conversion and tied the game up, I'm sure Brady would have had what, three and a half minutes and several timeouts. It's a foregone conclusion. That's what that's where he makes his money. Where he's made his career is those fourth quarter game winning drives. Yeah. He had and just I mean, thrown three picks though. In yeah, but fourth quarter, last game, the last drive of the game. Oh yeah, I definitely, I definitely wouldn't bet against him. But uh, I mean, you must have been relieved, Whitney, when uh, Matt Lafleur didn't go for it on fourth and goal. Fourth and eight. Yeah, where fourth were they? From the eight yard line. Eight yard line. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll never understand that decision no. except like what a gift. Yeah. And a lot of people, I don't That's know if you guys crazy. Follow, follow baseball so much, but if you remember the Rays were in the World Series this past year and Blake Snell was the Tampa Bay Rays at ace against the Dodgers and he was pitching this unreal game. Um, I think it was game six. And they said, oh, well, he's never made it. You know, they got caught up in the analytics. So they pulled him in the next batter. Oh. The game blew open and the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series. So a lot of people compared that Matt LaFleur move to sort of what happened to us in the World Series with Snell. It was like, you just let your ace do do his thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And by the way, I mean, I don't know if anyone's been keeping score at home. The Lightning here won the Stanley Cup. The Rays made it to the World Series. And now the Bucks are in the Super Bowl. I've been calling it Champa Bay. <laughs> I have been noticing these trends of success for the sports teams in Tampa, which is why I wanted to ask you. I've seen a picture of you kissing the Stanley Cup in your uh, 
in your Tampa Bay Lightning jersey. Tampa Lightning jersey. Tampa Bay Lightning? I can't remember. I don't want to get it wrong again. That's you the thing. I'm treading. You're going to get another geography you... lesson, Ollie. Careful. <laughs> careful. I, I, didn't, I didn't mean to mess with your head. When you're talking about the team, you can name the whole team. It, it does encompass the region when they give the teams their names. But when you're talking about where they play, the city is Tampa. Okay. Um, but I noticed you kissing the Stanley Cup. If the Bucks win the Super Bowl, which I think, fingers crossed, in my opinion, they do, uh, which trophy means more to you, Whitney, to be in the city of Tampa? Wow, it's tough. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you about this history, but my dad is um, a business lawyer, and he actually helped bring the lightning to Tampa in 1990, and he was at the ceremony the day the team got their name. And so that kind of holds special meaning to me because I got to go see the Stanley cup with him. And he was sort of one of the reasons that helped the team be here. And so that was like a very special family moment, but football is number one for me. Like it's not even comparable. I grew up going to the Bucks games. We had season tickets, like dating back to the old stadium. And that's where I fell in love with sports. That's why I work in the industry. And I got to share those moments with my dad. That's why I feel like everything came together. And I can't miss this moment of being able to go because if I could dream up the most special scenario, it would be this one. Yeah. Wicked. Very cool. Um, Did you get to pick the Stanley Cup up? No. I mean, there, it has like a babysitter. That's not okay. the right name. Yeah, there's a guy who um, travels with it. Like, right. if you if he takes it to a player's house, like the player has to like give him a bedroom for the night. Like, oh right, goes, yeah. yeah. I mean, he tr- he goes with it everywhere in its box, and he has a Twitter account. His name's Philip Pritchard. I think he's hysterical on Twitter. He's the, called the keeper of the cup, babysitter. Probably not the right term, um, <laughs> but he um, yeah. It's like you know, where wherever it goes, he goes. So he was like right there and. It was, um, you know, still the heat of COVID time. So he was like, no one's touching the cup. Okay. So wow. either what, and our, our family friend has been the eye doctor for the lightning since the team started. So this is his second ring. So he, everyone gets it for a day. So he got it at his house and he lives down the street. So he called and he's like, we're going to have the Stanley cup at five o'clock tonight at our house. Do you want to come over? I was like, I think <laughs> I can make it. So anyway, <laughs> Yeah, we got there right as the sun was setting. It was like the most epic Tampa picture. And I, you know, got really close to it because I couldn't touch it. So I was like, what else can I do? I was like, I just love this thing. So, and the names, it was cool because, you know, after you, the team wins, you know, they parade it around. It goes to some spots and then it goes back to Canada, the Hall of Fame for them to monogram the names, engrave the names on there. So it was its first day back in Florida. So we were kind of the first that got to see the actual team's names on there. Nice. That's very cool. That's very cool. Yeah. But you know, that's not the yeah. real cup as the, the rumor is because Ovechkin, when the Capitals won, it took it back to Russia. And there's there's a story that the cup actually kind of went out of um, the babysitter, as you call it, uh, the keeper of the cup's eyesight <laughs> for like three, four hours. And there's a real rumor that it was swapped with a fake Stanley Cup made by the Russians that's like basically identical to the real thing. And then so always back to the, the US. Russians, Ollie, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, that's the rumor. That's the rumor. I don't know. <laughs> well good luck with the you know russian government trying to confirm that rumor in their security so well they've got a ring haven't they've got a super bowl ring when putin got one from Kraft and never gave it back yeah sounds about right i mean look if we win the if we win the super bowl just ask them to please not 
take the trophy to Russia. It's all right. Just yeah. you need to stop the uh, the journalist stealing Brady's jersey first. But thankfully, I guess they won't be in the locker room this time, so it's probably a lot easier. Yeah. Well, the best part, I don't know if you guys heard this story, but when Brady first got to Tampa, he went to Byron Leftwich's house and he was new to the area and he walked in the wrong house. Like he oh. went to, Yeah, you'll yeah, have I to look up the story. Yeah, I did hear that. He just walked into my mom's like, oh, why wasn't it our house? <laughs> um, but it was like the guy was like, sorry, he lives like next door or whatever. And then we had a hurricane and his jet skis like floated. His neighbor was like, Tom, like your jet skis are down here. So he's had some adventures since he moved here. Yeah, it's uh, it's good that he's settling in and meeting the neighbors and everything like that. And it's good that he kind of looks comfortable at this point. Wait, I just wanted to ask you, I know we've had you for ages, so I do apologize for taking up uh, a lot of your very busy day. Um, no, and you I do love need, talking to you guys. You... Obviously, he's, Ollie's wrapping me up. It's like, all right, play the Oscar music. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to check it's okay to ask you this question um, in case you need to go, because it's definitely something I wanted to get in of... Um, because you know, you know what Super Bowl week is like. Obviously, next week is meant to be absolute carnage with, you know, there's current X and the actual players that are playing in the Super Bowl all over the place. So many media responsibilities. But do you think this year, because there's so little media going to be there, because there are so few media responsibilities for the teams, how do you think that's going to impact not only the Super Bowl buildup, will people feel a, li- a bit more kind of removed from the event in some way, but also for the players? Do you think it's going to be something that will be you know, super beneficial for the for Tampa Bay and for Kansas City and that there isn't as much media palaver going on around the place? Interesting. I mean, I think as with anything sports related during COVID, there's been things we've lost out on, we've missed out on. I mean, every team of mine has been to a championship and I haven't been able to go to any of them. You know, there's <laughs> been disappointments, but I also think we created cool sent you know we started with the cardboard cutouts and there were cool new opportunities that came about because of the circumstances we were in people were forced to innovate so for me i mean from my apartment window i can see the super bowl headquarters hotel and the street i live on is where the parade would happen if they won i mean there's so much i'm looking out on that's you know a lost opportunity and i'm speaking from a fan's perspective and i mean we can't keep our tradition going you know it's like I see you in Argentina. I see you in Miami. I just find you all over the world. And we would have, we've been talking about this for so long. I'm bummed. We don't get to have that. I mean, as we both know, the coolest part of this industry is the people that you get to see, especially, you know, events like this are the only time of year you all get together. So I'm, I'm sad about missing out on that. You know, you miss in general being with people for the teams. Um, I think it, it will be interesting. Look, the, the game is here. So I think the Bucks had an advantage no matter what, because they don't have to travel. They get to sleep in their own beds. I heard Kansas City is coming in the day before. That actually surprised me because I think less about the media. I think players are used to that. But I think traveling the day before, like I think you need some time to get used yeah. to your environment. So I'm wondering if that will affect them at all, whereas the Bucks will have been home for weeks. Hopefully, yeah. huh? That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize they doing that. Exactly. And, and actually what's really funny is that the Bucks practice facility is right next to the stadium. So the whole week leading up to Green Bay, the media and the players were constantly posting all of the signage on the stadium. Like they could see while they were running through the plays, like out of the corner of their eye, all the Super Bowl. So they knew like they, it was at their fingertips of like, all we have to do is win one game and we can be there. And so I wonder too, if like that excitement, it's going to be right in front of them, whereas Kansas City is just going to kind of show up and it'll be a new environment for them. 
that's that's mm-hmm. the America's game story, isn't it? It's Tom Brady arriving and Gronk arriving, obviously. And then the second half is getting close and seeing, you know, their city getting ready for a Super Bowl and they're watching it while they're still playing for the Super Bowl and going into the playoffs and all that. That's how it's all going to be shot. It would be a good America's game. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. That would be great for America's game. Well, it's actually, I mean, it's our favourite America's game uh, was when you guys won it in 2003. Yeah. That's because Warren Sapp is on it. Because Warren Sapp's on it. Yeah. 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 I mean, Greedin as well. He's fun. That defense reminds me of like, it's like an older version now of the current defense we have. Like there's so many legends, so many names, they make explosive plays that they are the difference maker. And so that's what made me think we had a real advantage in the parallels to that 2003 team. But I saw a tweet this week that said, Tom Brady is 43 and Patrick Mahomes' dad is 50. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean... The age difference, and I think in the U.S., if I calculated correctly, Tom Brady has been playing over the span of five presidents, which is unreal. I mean, the guy's ridiculous. He's been to almost a fifth of all Super Bowls in history. Right. That's insane. I wish I didn't. I wish, you know, I'm so excited and and they they win and they make it and, and you're so pumped. And then you start thinking about it and you're like, Oh my gosh, like, I hope he's not nervous because look what's on the line. When again, are they going to be in the Super Bowl at home with Tom Brady as our quarterback? Like this is a movie. No one thought was possible. Like we have to get it done. Yeah. And you've got a very good old head and wise head. That's been there nine times before that can tell right. everyone, okay, this is how it's going to go. This is how it's going to work. Another game. Don't worry about it. We're just going to take a play by play and see yeah. what we can do. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, I hope that will be the case. And I think like, obviously, you know, everyone looks up to him. So I think he's had the ability to influence a team in a way that I don't know that necessarily people like Jameis on the team, but I mean, it's not the same level of respect or accomplishment. So hopefully, you know, people will follow his lead and and sort of do what he says. It looks like they've done that the whole season. I mean, what a winner. It's like wherever he goes, he creates championships and to be there 10 times. I can't even... Oh my gosh. I mean, the just stats to- on that is he's been to, in the number of seasons he's been there, there's a greater chance of him going to a Super Bowl than there is of Steph Curry making a three point shot. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was like the number of championships. Even they said like he had been to like championship games during like four US presidents or something like that. It was like, what? Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. the average total career doesn't even span one. Yeah, well, it's the well, it's the idea that he'd have a Hall of Fame career three times in his whole career. If you split yeah. his career into thirds, all three of those would still be Hall of Hall of Fame numbers. So the fact that he's got yeah. that three times over is just insane. And I mean, it's it's a miracle because I love Tampa. It's I the weather's great. It's like the people here are like a big family. But you know, nationally or internationally, you know, people know New York, LA. You know, all these big cities like. Never in a million years did I think he would pick Tampa. Like I knew I loved it and my family does, but you don't think that someone at that level is going to end up picking it here, pick, picking, you know, to, to live here. And so I think yeah. to me, it's still even a miracle and hard for me to wrap my head around yeah. that he picked Tampa. Like what? Like, I just, I didn't think it was, even when it was down to San Diego and Tampa, I was like, he's going to pick San Diego. He's from California. Like yeah. we, I just felt like we were such the underdog and I knew I loved it, but like, I didn't think, a big celebrity like Tom would. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the Bucks do this show called Tommy and Gronky, where they read questions. Like mm-hmm. Tom reads a question and Gronk answers it. So they, Tom was like, 
one of them was, should we give Bill Belichick Super Bowl tickets? And Gronk just burst out in this like <laughs> giddy laughter. And it was, you have to Google the video. He just could not control himself. Uh, do you think Belichick's okay with it all? Do you reckon Belichick's like the Pats fans that are supporting Tampa? Because there's a lot of Pats fans that are getting on the Tampa bandwagon for the Super Bowl because of Tom. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's like going to see your ex have the ultimate success. So like... <laughs> I don't think either one wanted the other to win. Probably deep down, they would never see that. It's just human nature. I mean, at the end of the day, I think Belichick lost Brady. I mean, he left against all odds. Like, he had everything going for him to stay. He had the reputation, the fan. He could have played in one. For him to leave there, like, it had to. He obviously really wanted to get out. And I, I just got the vibe, like, the equivalent would be if we were at a job and we had a boss that was an extreme micromanager and we knew what we were capable of, but we weren't going to be able to succeed or fly or be happy until we got out of there. And I think that um, unfortunately Brady was, the, or fortunately Brady was the much better leader than Belichick. I think Belichick obviously had some control and ego issues and Brady was superior. And, and when you have that dynamic, the only way for him to be happy or feel like he fulfilled his potential was to get out of there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus the roster was, as we've seen this year, was Atrocious. terrible, really. Yeah. Right. I mean, it just showed how much he held them together for so long. Yeah. 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 Well, there's so, the, um, I don't know. the Rex Ryan comment this guys- week of uh what the rex ryan comment this week which was players didn't go to new england to play for bill belichick nobody wants to do that people go to new england to play for tom brady and now tampa bay have reaped the same reward off that you know everybody Mm -hmm. wants to be with tom because he brings that level of intensity and discipline to the team and but he's also like a fun guy with it too what's going on with antonio brown sorry to uh, just made me think ollie is he is he injured is he going to be available for the super bowl do you know, Whitney? Um, it's funny you ask that because I pride myself on knowing uh, nothing about him personally or having no interaction with him. Oh, yeah. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. so, um, you it's not safe person to be around, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. So um, I pride myself on having absolutely no knowledge or updates on that situation. However, <laughs> I mean, I just... It'd be good to have him, though. Yeah, I think he had like an ankle injury. I mean, I feel like that, you know, he was hurt for green bay but then you get a two-week break he's you know he was a you know rock bottom and now he's got a chance to play on a team and they're going to the super bowl i mean i was talking to a former a guy who was on the super bowl team in 03 and he said it's not 95 percent the player's choice of whether they play in a game if they're injured so i don't know how you say no to the super bowl yeah, yeah. it does kind of given like his personality a horrible personality and some of the things yeah. that have happened over the last couple of years with him yeah it might take the shine off a little bit actually if now i think about it in terms of like all the storylines that we've already talked about and everything's kind of positive really unless you just happen to not like tampa being in a super bowl but all the kind of signs are that you know there's lots of positivity around it to have antonio brown maybe we should just leave him on the sidelines like we don't need that like <laughs> Let's just I keep it all positive. It's a bit of a comeback story, though, isn't it? At the same time, is it though? Yeah, but like, does want that to guy need back? a comeback story? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't want him back. I didn't. I wanted him out of the league entirely, to be honest. Yeah, so, like, um, and it's interesting. <laughs> I'm happy when he makes plays for the team, obviously, but I don't think he deserves a comeback story. I mean, there's yeah. some things that are not forgivable, and when you do them, you don't get another chance. You just you're barred from participating in that activity. I mean, I think we saw Chad Wheeler, the Seahawks player. I'm sure you saw that. Yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, oh, that was 
Yeah. You know, you hope that guy gets his life together, but he doesn't get another attempt considering what he did with the chance he was given. And I felt like that when we signed a, so whenever Jameis was in, I just never felt good about the team. I never, I had this like gut instinct that I just was, I I didn't think things were going to work out. Like I was very unsettled. And even when Tom was playing at his worst and we'd score no points, I was so Zen and at peace. Like I just know I have so much trust in him. Like I know he's an epic leader and he's going to get the job done. And the rest of our team fell into place that way. I mean, we have so many good guys, Mike Evans, Levante David, these great stories like you've talked about. And I wanted to win the right way. And when we signed him, I was like, oh, even if we win, it's not going to be the right way. And I think what at least last week showed me is like, we are a Super Bowl caliber team, whether he's yeah. in there or not. Yeah. I think the comeback stories for Leonard Fournette, being stuck on the Jags for so long with so much potential and then having this breakout in the playoffs as the yeah. back end of the season in the playoffs, he's looked like such a dominant running back as he could oh, be. That's not no 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 no. He's 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 looked he's looked better than average. He hasn't. He's looked, looked like really good for it. He's no. looked very good. Well, that's, you're overrating him there. That's too much credit. Here comes talk Dave. About, talk about comeback. I mean, I look at Steve McClendon that way. He's been in the league twelve years. I I know he went to a Super Bowl with Pittsburgh, but I don't believe they won. And it's funny because he said. There was only one year ever that Tom didn't make it as far as he did in the playoffs. And it was that Super Bowl year. So he was like for 12 years, you know, between the Steelers and the Jets, Tom was the enemy. So I said to him before he went in for his first day of practice, because he had to wait five days with COVID. I was like, remember, Tom's on your team now. So like, don't run in there and tackle him. I really hope that that is like, you know, tongue in cheek and he's not getting confused and just like red rag to a bull kind of thing. Like, come on, I'm just going to get him. I'm going to get him. Yeah, no, I was, I was of course teasing him, but it made me laugh that for 12, I mean, think of how long that is playing football. They say, you know, every game is the equivalent of getting in a car accident. So times 12. And then, you know, he's on the jets, which, you know, is a life sentence in and of itself, you know, forget any other team you've been on. And then to have this miracle trade down here, they make the Super Bowl. I mean, you've, you've never want 12 years is a long time. I mean, I really yeah. hope for him, he gets the ring and I, I want to be able to be there to see it happen in person. So, you know, I mean, maybe I'll just, you know, forego food or a house and, and decide just to do it. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to do. If, if we don't come up with ideas in a week, I'm going to be in a Who needs here. a house, Whitney? Who needs a house? No, it is Florida. It's warm. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> a thatched hut or something. Yeah. Maybe Tom will put you in, let you sleep in the back garden. I mean, you can see it. If it looks nice, you know, you might be able to camp out there for six months or so. You've probably got like a boathouse, I'm guessing, or some kind of... Thing. He lives on the open bay, so I don't know what garden you're referencing. It's very British of you. <laughs> well, maybe there's like a, you know, he's he's, he's probably going to have a boat, I'm guessing, or something. Yeah, he bought a boat for sure and jet skis. All right, so you can, yeah, you sleep on you the boat. You could have a jet ski. <laughs> I was going to say the boat. Sleeping on a jet ski sounds terrible if I'm on it. Yeah, that doesn't sound great, does it? <laughs> no. Okay. Exactly. Well, I feel like that um, hopefully, knock on wood, the Bucks will win and then we should regroup and talk about what the game was like and how everything unfolded. What do you think, Whitney? What, what's your prediction then? I can't. I can't say it. Come I on. You've got to give us give us a score. Come on. No, no I won't. <laughs> there's no way I physically can. I just, I, because there's no winning in this for me. Do you, I mean, 
look at how much is on the line. I have my first client ever playing in the Super Bowl. It's my home team at my home stadium. Like I'm dying to get it. Like there's so much emotion. I could barely watch half. I mean, the New Orleans game, I was watching with my family and I got in the car at one point and drove home because things were looking really dark. I mean, it wasn't until there were, you know, a, a number, I think three picks or four picks, something like that towards the end of the game that turned everything around. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was an emotional wreck then. So imagine how I'm going to be. And if, if something happens, then I'll never forgive myself. So I just, I can't, but I would love to hear your predictions of some, of people who are Zen and, you know, stable. <laughs> Have you seen that the Bucks are wearing white jerseys? Yeah, I don't like it. First of all, my mom, oh, my really? mom doesn't really know much about sports. She's not really a fan, but she tries and she came in all flustered. She was like, wait a minute, both teams wear red. Like, what are we going to do? I was like, uh, they figured out how to like work through that. There's different options, but she was like so stressed out about how that was like the logistics of it, like how they were going to know, you know, which team was was their teammates based on the jerseys. As if you haven't got enough stress in your life already, Whit. Yeah, I mean, like you bring that to me. I'm like, but she was really, she was like, both teams are red. Like it was like, she was so upset and distraught and like really didn't, she saw it as like a legitimate problem. So (laughs) I had to... (laughs) As if I they couldn't solve that. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I think they've like, you know, be all right. yeah, I'm like, I think they've, you know, come up with some logistics over the years, but uh, you know, for me, the red jerseys are the bucks. They are the color. Yeah, yeah. Red is our color. They are it's sharp. Shame. And it's like the red with, and the thing is we got to pick, I don't know why we picked white, but then there's, it's like, we've won in white. What look, they, they know better than I do. I'm, you know, I'm going to let the experts do their thing, but it was not my personal preference. They're just being gracious hosts. I think letting the, letting the chiefs have their red. I mean, I don't know. They picked white and apparently it was leaked. It was not supposed to be announced and then it was announced. So I I think it was like, um, it kind of, the news slipped out, which I don't even know necessarily why it's news. I would just prefer them to come out in white. I mean, at least they didn't wear pewter. I guess we can call that a win, Mm, but come on. At least they changed those jerseys. What? At least they changed those jerseys from the Jameis era ones. I mean, all of those were pretty yeah. ghastly, to be honest. So we're back to at least oh, traditional Bucks jerseys for the Super Bowl. Yeah, and Peter's just not a pretty color anywhere on anyone, so <laughs> there's no need for it. But I think when we, I'm pretty sure when we won the Super Bowl, we wore red. Yeah. So I don't know why we're switching it up. And red is so much like white is just boring. I don't, I don't really get it. I know I like the white Tampa jersey. I think it looks it really looks all good right to me. I, think yeah. it looks really I quite like good. it. And is the the team that wins usually is wearing white recently? So Brady's four yeah, and one in white. So, I mean, look, I think mo- most importantly, my mom is now at ease that it's been announced that the teams will all get their colors. <laughs> Where she's not concerned about the red accents on the the jerseys that that might confuse them as well. Uh, you know, I think you know we're taking baby steps here. My my college roommate is the is similar level of sports knowledge, and she called me last night and she was like, "I have to tell you." I was watching the Bucks Packers game and I asked my husband why the Bucks had a negative score. And I was like, okay, let's take a step back. Like before I even start to understand why, like you would think that, like, have you ever heard of a sport anywhere in any team having negative points? She was like, I thought they did something really bad. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, well, okay, explain why you thought it was negative. And I guess, you know, next to the score, they have the little... Oh, possession, line. possession line. Yeah, so oh. she was like, why is it negative? So anyway, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just over here trying to, you know, oh. 
keep people moving forward and, and, you know, talk through the basics. She also, one time we were in college and she was like, Oh, the yellow line isn't on the field that they show on TV. So, you know, I'm just, I'm really doing my best. Whitney, I've, uh, I don't know how I'm friends with this person, but I've just seen on social media that they've got tickets to the Super Bowl. How does that make you feel? It makes me feel terrible. <laughs> Do they want to no. I'm just saying that somebody with that little knowledge will be watching the oh. Super Bowl in some capacity. That's what I mean. Yeah. Oh, um, exactly. yeah. No, I mean, it just, I, I don't even know how you could possibly not understand. I mean, these are smart yeah, human beings who watch enough, and the questions that come out. I mean, just unbelievable. So I'm over here trying to be like, you know, get this community up to speed and, you know, this country of just answering dumb questions. I mean, it's it's been a lot of work on me since the Bucks have made the Super Bowl. <laughs> so what's the, uh, what's the plans for the Super Bowl party in the view? And if you can't go to the game, we'll assume, of course, you're going to find the tickets, you're going to find the money through talent shows, whatever. What's going to be the plan for the Super Bowl? We're not talking about plan B. I'm doing no negative Nancy talk over oh, here. Like we're it. finding a way to go and we're focusing on plan A like it like that a lot yeah. well, say, also, i'm i'm entering the uh, national lottery uh this weekend as i do sometimes i think jazz does the lottery sometimes every, I, every time there we go if i win like uh i don't know 10 million pounds or something i'll uh i'll send you the super Bowl. how about that you know what that means so much that's a deal <laughs> we, we have it here this is recording so and there are witnesses and i will pay you back whatever you i just need to be able to go to the game that seems like cool. a fair Fair result for everybody. Yeah. Although I kind and, of feel annoyed that it's not been offered to Jazz and I. Like, no offense, wait, you obviously <laughs> deserve to go more, but you know. I mean, yeah, we yeah. wouldn't be allowed well, to we travel. We can't leave. We, we can't, can't leave even travel. travel. So, 10 million, I might as well, I might as well make Whitney happy because we're, yeah. we're just grounded, you know. I can't <laughs> even live vicariously. That's the way to do it. And, yeah. and to, you know, to your point, Jazz, and, and your question, I mean, plan A really has to work out because there's no fun plan B this year. I mean, I, um, you know, have been very strict with social distancing, like almost to the point of being in isolation because everything is open here okay. in Florida. I yep. see my parents very regularly. They're older. I mean, if they got COVID, that would probably be it. So for a year, I've been very strict. I'm not going to make it all the way to the Super Bowl and then do something irresponsible that could put them in harm's way. So there really is no party this year. The only party is going to the game. Fair enough. Where I honestly yeah, wish you the enough. best of luck in trying to get a ticket some way, somehow. And if you are the lucky charm that you seem to be for so many things around you, you'll find a way into uh, into the game, mate. I really hope you, you do I find appreciate a way. That. Thank you for the positivity and support. I appreciate it. Maybe Tom Brady's listening and he'll send me an extra ticket. <laughs> uh, maybe maybe Dave will win the lottery and he'll send yeah, you there Well, that could happen. Yeah, maybe next time one of the three of you could have an ounce of Buccaneers memorabilia anywhere in your camera shot uh if you well, send could, us my background jersey, needs to improve my background is terrible if steve uh, send us his, sends us his game jersey from the super bowl we'll happily hang it up <laughs> no problem i'm sure you're first on his list so make sure to ask him for it nice. i actually heard i think cam told me this that you have to pay for your own jersey if you take it home like you have it's like 300 dollars or something what really yeah. that seems That's very so tight sad. <laughs> I know it's you know typical NFL. That's how they roll. But yeah. look, if you win the lottery, we'll throw in for the jersey. All right, Sweet. that yeah. sounds good. Wait, good thanks, thanks so much for coming on, mate. Really appreciate you taking uh, like an hour out. Thanks so much. Wait. That was awesome. Yeah, especially as you can't you can't be feeling very well. No, I'm not. But you guys cheered me up. Feeling much better. This is the highlight of the week. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have much competition but this was still great dude get some rest and get some zen like peace in your life as well because i imagine next week's gonna just be a build-up of stress and nerves and emotions and so, anxiety yeah. and everything else yeah <laughs>
I need to do a lot of yoga. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, thanks <laughs> so much, mate. I mean, we can talk about the other game a little bit if you want. Yeah, let's talk. Ollie's about- gonna, let's have Ollie start to be really happy because Josh Allen did a Josh Allen in quite a few spots in that game. Come on, Ollie. Let's hear it. You know what? I didn't feel good about that. Oh, didn't you? What? I like I, I I sent you a couple of messages being like, look, Josh Allen's doing his thing or Allen being a bit Allen's-y or something like that. But to be honest, like it was kind of a shame because I was looking forward to that game so much and looking forward to this kind of potential shootout. And it was, it was really frustrating to see Josh Allen kind of revert back to type. To I, I didn't want to say type because his type has changed this year quite dramatically. But yeah, I mean, it just felt like under the lights. He just, I don't know. It just he clamped up a little bit. I mean, I think the trouble is they haven't got a running game as they've hadn't had all year. Massively. And the Chiefs just said, okay, we're going to rush three, try and pass past eight people. And, and I did think he. Did he make? I didn't think he made terrible decisions. I'm not sure that a lot of receivers were open for him and stuff. I think they just they just no, kind true, of swallowed. Sometimes trying to force the play, the big sack that he took. There were oh, there were, yeah. there were a few a few big sacks. That put them on took. like three and twenty eight or something. something. Yeah. <laughs> and there was constant reference by all of the analysts about take the yards that they're giving you, the short underneaths four-yard yeah, passes, yeah. five-yard passes. And that would have been better than establishing the run game. I, I was really surprised that the Bills seemingly tried to establish the run game because, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, first plays of the game, you're always like, okay, they're going to do X. You can kind of make a judgment of what a team might do on the very first play of the game. And because the Bills are yeah. so pass-heavy, when they lined up for their first offensive players, like, they're going to run because everyone's expecting, like, a play action and then Allen to try and go deep on the opening play and they'll try and be, like, a bit of sizzle with the Bills. It's like, or they're trying to do the whole, oh, you think that's what we're going to do, so we're going to start with the run and we're going to make you defend the run first and then we'll use the pass. And because the run didn't work, they kept on trying it a few times early on in the game and it was like, ah, you need to revert well, to type. What, four yards, maybe twice, and then the rest of it were ones or twos. You, I mean, can't, you can't win a game running like that. Yeah, I mean... What TJ Yeldon had 15 yards. Devin Singletary he looked had 17 way better yards. than the other running backs. They've seen the Bills all year. Yeah, Yeldon looked all right to be honest, especially catching out the backfield as well. But yeah. um, but I mean they just they didn't do enough with that running game. So it was either you get you take the underneaths, and instead it seemed like Allen was panicking in the moment because it was like oh well we can't afford to lose ground on the Chiefs. I've got to start forcing things, and he was really inaccurate yeah. with his passing. But, he was under duress a fair, lot. To be fair though, Ollie you do need to do that to keep up with the Chiefs because they showed how easily they can move the ball on an improved Bills defense and they just turn it on in the playoffs. Like they they can score at will. So in a way, he kind of needed to force it and he just didn't get it done. So I, I don't know if playing conservative against the Chiefs is going to do it when so they're question, on fire like that. Two-point conversion choices as well. That's true. Early on, if they just kick the extra point, then later on, they haven't got to go for two points. It keeps up with touchdowns. It makes it far more manageable a game to manage. Yeah. Manageable game to manage. It's terrible English. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if they, by missing the two point that they did, it then put them up against the ball even further and then made it into a three possession game when it still could have been a two possession game. I'm not sure that that would have made much of a difference, but I see your point. I mean, 
Yeah, it just kind of showed where Sean McDermott was. Maybe he was a little bit flustered by the Chiefs, as everybody seems to be when you're coaching against them, because you know that they can put 40 on you quite easily. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard not to kind of feel like you need to go for everything. But at least he, at least he went for like to try and get those scores to build a, a lead early, and then they got to so they got to nine, didn't they? And I felt like we were going to have a really good game. And then the Chiefs kind of just, that was kind of it. Oh, it's like the, after that, it's the it second quarter. Like it was over. This is where the Chiefs take over. I mean, it's, it's, it's the story of last year's it. playoffs. They go down, they don't yeah. score in the first quarter. They're down what should have been a double digit lead. And then in the second quarter, they put up 21 points. It's like, oh, oh, that was, that was quick. Oh, I guess, I guess we're losing now, are we? All right. Okay. Fair enough. We've got to try and fight fire with fire. I mean, they, they're on, they, in a game like that, they're unstoppable. There is no way they can't beat you. They can run the ball fairly well. Kelsey underneath was ridiculous all night. Kelsey, Kelsey was is phenomenal. Kelsey is looking as good as Gronk was in his prime at the moment. Like, it's slightly different styles of play, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. But Maybe like, more Tony Gonzalez, the best a tight end can possibly play. Like, yeah, yeah. thirteen receptions. I mean, the thing it's is, like, going back to teams that you just don't think you can stop. The two thousand seven Patriots had the exact same tag on them, and then. The Giants stopped them in the biggest game of all. Would you not say, though, that this team is probably more complete than the 2007 Patriots because they've got that same studly offense and electricity to that offense? But that defense against Buffalo was also awesome. The The way they brought pressure from various different ways. You know, Tyron Massey was really aggressive. Sorensen in the playoffs is so much different to Sorensen in the regular yeah, he's season. like the Sammy Watkins of defense, isn't he? Yeah, yeah it's just crazy. Yeah. Comes up all over the place. I mean, it's so well balanced. You know, without that Nicole Hartman fumbled return, it's it's an even worse night for the for the yeah. Bills. And yeah, I, I there shouldn't have the Bills shouldn't have been in this game if it wasn't for that Chiefs mistake. And then they got themselves with an early lead, and then the Chiefs came back anyway. But really, it yeah. could have been a much worse night for the Buffalo Bills. They are mm-hmm. so good, the Chiefs. Yeah. Yep, and yep, and they're, yep. they're so likable until you see the social media stuff that comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we talk- Whitney was very kind about that because she's a very kind person. But I think the three of us are just like spitting fire about that. It is, it's, the, it's the least likable like four-second clip. I Dave, what what is it? Imagine. Tell me what the clip is, because we haven't we haven't really said exactly what it is. So what? You can't stop him. I promise. Never. One day, y'all are gonna learn to that stop. That is the motherfucking best. To stop comparing people. You can't stop him. I promise. Yeah, enough of that. Enough of that. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, we did once, that a second time. Once is enough. Yeah, that's Mahomes' fiance and brother uh, on TikTok going full TikTok uh, <laughs> at the game, at the Bills game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I showed this to you guys this morning, was it? Or yesterday? I can't remember. It's been yesterday. No, it was today, wasn't it? I don't know. They all blur into one, to be honest. Yeah. They really do, yeah. Thoughts, I mean, we Dave? all we all watch your mum's house, which has uh, copious TikTok annoying weird videos. And uh, this one is is by far the worst. It's just irritating. Yeah. I really hate it. I, there's something. There's something that's really got to me. I don't know who they 
why are they who are they responding to who are these people out there like criticizing patrick mahomes and saying that he hasn't got it or something well there's like, something being like <laughs> where are these haters that they're like creating it's the arrogant not the arrogance but it's like the unnecessary gloating of you can't stop him and it's like yeah well we kind of already know that like we nobody's saying that you can yeah, stop yeah, patrick like, be mahomes. classy and then and then it's the hey you're gonna have to understand you can't compare people and it's like why are you I mean, that's I understand that, and that's a correct comment because you shouldn't compare like Mahomes and Brady; they're different quarterbacks, all that kind of stuff, different situations. But like nobody, I haven't heard anybody making no. comparisons like that. And why is that? You're saying it in such a vile manner that it makes me yeah. hate that statement, even though it's correct. You know, mm -hmm. like it's just, <laughs> yeah. I just don't like the shouting. I don't like the rest of it. However, from a point of view of TikTok grabbing attention and getting people watching or talking about it, it's actually working quite well. Well, we're talking about it, aren't yeah. we? Yeah, I guess so. I guess. And, uh, you know, they are just like, they're very young. Uh, yeah. Oh, God, we're but the old it's... men, aren't we? Oh, these well, we kids are... on the internet, they're making noises and uh, saying things that they like. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, it's a. Uh... Trying to TikTok uh, is the, the same as the YouTube's going going down annoying social media stuff in the NFL. Yeah. These Pro Bowl versus things that keep coming up on my Instagram feed. I don't care about the Pro Bowl. I don't care about the virtual Pro Bowl this year. But what they seem to do is they have like Deion Sanders and Maurice Jones Drew are in this thing. And I guess they're like hosting something on Instagram or something. And they basically got AJ Brown and Justin Jefferson. And what I gathered from the 30 seconds that I watched of it is like the two players are meant to argue while they're better than the other player. So like oh. Justin Jefferson. Oh, it's awful. It's like everything I hate about, you know, mouthy players being like, oh, I'm the best player of all time and all this kind of stuff. As and if you need to do that with wide receivers as well. Like they're the <laughs> worst people to do it with. There won't be any sense of irony or like comedy. They'll just be like, I'm the best. Well, there seems to be like it does seem to be in like relative good <laughs> right. taste, but it's just setting like a really I don't want to say bad example because again, it's not like granddads or anything. But it, it, there's nothing that fun about watching two players bicker over who's the best. It's bad enough that they do all of these lists every like few days of who are the top five receivers, yeah. and then all the players start to respond to that on Twitter, and then they start bitching and moaning at each other, uh, and this. This is just taking it to the nth degree, and they're doing it with loads of different positions as well, not just receivers with corners, linebackers, running backs, and stuff. I just uh, it feels it feels like a way to try and make clicks that the NFL is doing or something like that, and it just comes off as it kind just of awful. right. So like I I love Deion Sanders, but it does seem like the worst part of his character as well. Like it seems like he would love that. Like that was his idea. And he's championing it, and like he is like sitting in the corner, being like, "Yeah, get him! Yeah, get him!" It's just like, all right, like you're having fun, Dion, but the rest of us are like just want to watch real football. But when yeah. when Dion did it as well, like it was a before a social media time. Like Dion Sanders really worked at building that character and building that brand of Dion Sanders. You know, it, the way to outreach and that, and he had to do it by also being the best player on the field, arguably. 
you know, was... Well, that yeah, that's what I care about. But yeah, yeah. Whereas I there mean, are so many guys can... trying to build the brand through social media and stuff like that. And look, if you get to the Pro Bowl, you're one of the best players of the season and everything. But it's just going to encourage like other like semi-mediocre players and stuff like that to do this sort of stuff as well. And like, obviously go and make as much money as you can off the NFL. You know, you're putting your livelihood, your life on the line uh, in some cases like every week when you go and play American football, get paid for it as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But like, don't be a dick yeah. about it. That's the difference. It's just do it like without being a dick, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Simple. Some kind of dick meeting? It's real. It is. This Pro Bowl versus stuff is like the biggest dick meeting that the NFL has got. It's like they've got all the yeah. dicks and they've just had a ginormous all-star dick meeting. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good summary. It uh, sounds awful. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not I, I would have no reason to watch that at all. It's so much as bad as watching players play Madden against each other. Yeah, that's that's going to be a weird Pro Bowl thing. I don't. Like, I don't know if we could do any better than when uh, than JRVP when they just go after the Pro Bowl by saying that it's like <laughs> you've got to amazing watch it. and go over the top. You've got to watch the Pro Bowl. This is what it builds up to. Forget the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm sitting down and watching <laughs> Pro the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's a well one. Um, the Jeffrey Lurie thing. Did you guys listen to that? No. What's that? Um, I was really annoyed because they touched on it on the ATM podcast this week. And when I heard it on Monday, uh, sorry, we heard it last weekend, I really wanted to be like, oh, this is something that I would definitely like to bitch and moan about on our podcast. Um, the Eagles basically on Instagram put out. Oh, yeah. The uh, audio. Kind of cringy stuff of him going in the office and stuff. Is that it? No. Yeah. But it's the audio of the phone call to Sirianni oh, giving yeah. him the job cringes it's it's awful <laughs> because it sounds so staged it, it's obviously not the oh, genuine yeah. phone phone call because he's saying that Laurie says these makes these comments like, and, and of course it's exciting that you get to come to the greatest fan base in America like it's so Mick Foley doing WWE style like just trying to get free love from people and everybody knows well, hang on. That Mick the fan Foley base is, is like, amazing at getting people hyped up if it was Mick Foley style it would have been class yeah it would have been just like some old white guy being like yeah and uh, we're, we're gonna get a, a Lombardi trophy with your coach right right you're gonna get as a uh, a Lombardi again, right? We, we can't wait. To like, be, yeah, I'll, I'll do my, I'll do my best for you. And we had a lot of great candidates, great candidates. <laughs> you know, we had the best candidates, but you were the, you were the best candidate of all the great, the great candidates that we looked through. So, oh, come on, are we, are we as a fan base expected to be this stupid that we're buying this as nothing but pure propaganda? It's so smell something, so irritating. I mean, I'm not sure that you're right there, uh, Jesse. You smell, you smell, smell bullshit. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the average Eagles fan, though, like, are they known for being, like, super clever? (laughs) I'm not saying you're the average Eagles fan, Ollie. I put you you below above. Yeah. Oh, okay. Jazz coming in. Coming in with that. Yeah, okay. Nice. I mean, Jeffrey Lurie did get one thing right. We are the best damn fan base in the whole of the goddamn United States of America. Oh, okay. Here we go. Here we go. No, yeah, it's just. All right. If this is the way it's going, more frustrations just at the Eagle as a franchise more than anything else. It just seems, yeah, it seems weird. I don't really care about the whole thing, him walking around dressed in flip flops and uh, shorts and stuff. Do whatever you want. That's not going to affect how he coaches. What what annoys me is this like, it's like Lurie's trying to get the fan base on side again, because him saying it's the best fan base in the United States, yet it's also the fan base that's kind of run Doug Peterson out of town. 
(laughs) we're not that nice to people (laughs) so it's a fan base that's turned on Carson Wentz very quickly for good reason but very quickly so you know but also Jeff Lurie had a lot to do with Doug Pearson leaving town as well so yeah let's not forget that um Matt Stafford has been described as a Hall of Fame caliber career wasted in Detroit. He's leaving now. Speaking of leaving, did you see uh, Deshaun Watson's requested a trade? Yep. I was going to come on to that after the Stafford stuff. That's wild. I thought thought we might get onto that. I think we're going to have a while to talk about that. So like, and and Stafford as well, because it would be good to spend a good amount of time talking about landing spots for both of those. Because I think, that's pretty exciting. Like both, like really quality QBs. I mean, the Deshaun Watson thing. If he really does move somewhere else, that is going to change whatever franchise he goes to, like dramatically. Like Tom Brady coming to Tampa, it's going to be like fuck. Well, it depends if he goes to a team that's got other pieces. I mm. uh, yeah, but like it will change their potential. I mean, like, if he goes like, to the 49ers, yeah. Well, that's like that's a big ridiculous. rumored move, but his his, or de- to the his Broncos desired or, place I don't is know, the Jets, like... isn't it? Apparently, that's his preferred place to drop is the Jets, particularly over Miami. And it's like, well, okay, but it's that's... not that much of an upgrade for him, is it? That seems more like a, I want to be in New York and be in a big market rather than I want to be yeah. winning games. I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be well, an interesting. Clearly, one. go to Florida and avoid the state taxes. That's well, clearly... there we go. Yeah. But yeah, we should get into that. It'd be interesting. But then he lives in Texas, so he's really, really devoid state taxes anyway. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah, stay in Houston. What are you doing? <laughs> go back to college well, and play to, for the Longhorns uh, in Austin. I was about to say try and go to Dallas, but don't do that. I, don't I hate go that. to Dallas. No. Oh no, don't do that. Don't I do that. Then they'll it. then they'll win a Super Bowl or something. Yeah, I don't I'd, want be, to... I'd be sick. <laughs> Not with the best damn fan base in the USA supporting the Philadelphia Eagles. That means we're going to win the NFC East, and Dallas then won't have a chance. To win a Super Bowl. Hall of Fame caliber career though, Matt Stafford apparently. So Yeah, that's uh, we're, we're very questionable. That far, yeah. I, well, there's no way. There's no way. I mean I think, <laughs> how many times has he been in the top like five to ten of quarterbacks, let alone no, have an MVP um, season? A lot. Quite a lot. Yeah, he is if he'd been in a better if he'd been in, in the a top better five, team, how many times has he been in the top five? I will do some research on that for the off-season part well, when we talk okay. about that. Okay, we'll, we'll have, but, we'll, have a, we'll devote some time to it. I'll look gonna, at some stats I'm gonna come, as well, but I can't think that he has. I'm going to come heavy on this because I'm. I think Matt Stafford is. He was the. He's a player. I really who, like him. I really like him. If he'd so been I don't at a better wanna, like, franchise, a corner for me. If he's at a better franchise, he is a Hall of Fame player. He has the ability to put up numbers. And it and it yeah, and that's I mean, what I think it's mean by a wasted. If he'd been at a better franchise, I could have seen him having like, yeah, he could have had a similar kind of Matt Ryan career, maybe slightly better. Yeah, it, it's possible. It, it's hard to know now. I, the, the thing I'm worried about with him is it does seem like injuries are creeping in. Um, so even though he's not that old, oh, he's always does had shoulder feel problems. Feel like he's been beaten up a lot, you know. Yeah, he's had shoulder problems for like five, six years now. So. Um, that's a bit of a concern because he could have a great second chapter to his career if if those injuries stay away. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. Q 
huge thank you once again to Whitney Holtzman for joining us on the podcast today at W Holtzman. That's at W Holtzman. Uh, you can find her on Twitter, the CEO of Social Victory, CMO for NFL, MLB and NHL players. And of course, one of the energy captains on the Energy Captains podcast with former Tampa Bay Buccaneer and St. Louis Ram Cameron Lynch. Of course, you can follow Dave Bluck on Twitter. He's a social media fiend at David Bluck One. That's at David Bluck One at David Bluck on Twitter. Uh, you can follow Jazz at Jazz Gillum on Twitter. That's at Jazz Gillum. Also the same on Instagram as well. And of course, you can follow myself O underscore J underscore Wilson. That's O underscore J underscore Wilson. Or follow the podcast at Return the Picks. That's at Return the Picks on Twitter and Instagram. Like and subscribe and give reviews and all that good stuff on Anchor.fm, which is our host, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, iTunes, all other good podcasting outlets where you can find us. And of course, next week, as I said earlier, at the very beginning of the show, in fact, we have Shane Vereen joining us for a preview of Super Bowl 55. The Chiefs against the Bucks. I think we've already let you know where we stand in which camp we want to win in Super Bowl 55. We'll be back next week to preview it all. Take care.